Good morning. Welcome to Trainwreck Marriage. I'm Dave Touchton. And I'm Susan Touchton. Hey, last week, if you listened to our podcast, it was a tough week. And, you know, for me, it was just uh, really overwhelming. Um, the stuff that was being thrown at me, the extremely negative things that were being said from other people. And, you know, we had a lot going on. We had three graduations and a farm show all in three weeks. And and just so you know, the farm show has about a thousand booths and we set up electric for it. And they had moved this year. So it was the first year that we had been at this new location. So it was one of those things that we really didn't know what it was going to look like in the end. And, you know, and then there was just a lot of negativity, a lot of people just um, saying how wrong I, I didn't know how, what I was doing. I didn't. And these are coming from people that don't know squatter apple butter about electric. And, you know, it's, it, it really just affected me greatly when, when people, um, run their mouth, have no clue what's going on, but their opinion matters. And it, it really bogged me down in the trenches. I mean, if it wouldn't have been for Susan, and, and that's, we do a yin and yang thing. When I'm down, she's up. And when she's down, I'm up. So it, it, God's really blessed us there. But, um, you know, how do you get through those tough weeks? Um, I honestly didn't pray as much as I should have through it. Um, I can look back and see where, you know, when I did give it, finally give it to God and say, listen, either you're going to make this work or not, I'm counting on you, and the pressure was relieved. And so, I mean, it's kind of one of those things that um, anyone that you think's got it all together, they have bad weeks. And that's really the moral of the story. You're you're not alone. Um, I really tailed together really about two and a half weeks tight of just bad after bad, just depressing, just aggravating, just, I mean, from every perspective. And, um, you know, when I get mentally fatigued, I get exhausted. And the, the more I get exhausted, the worse I get. And so it's kind of a, it's kind of Satan's little foothold on me that once I start spinning spiraling down, it, it really, it's easy to keep me spiraling in that direction. Um, I ended up sleeping 12 hours after the show and, and really was able to, to kind of grasp back where I was at. And, you know, looking back, um, I'm just so thankful for Susan to be able to be there and just really encourage me. And not that she had any of the answers, not that she could fix anything. It, it was the point that she was there pointing me back to God, but also saying, I understand. And I think that, you know, as a spouse, we, we kind of downplay our real roles. And sometimes they're just supportive roles. And uh, she'll tell you I'm a fixer. I do a horrible job of listening. I have been getting better over the decades, but... Um, some of that's age, some of that's God, some of that's a whole lot of counseling. I mean, but, uh, you know, it really just, um, just wanted to talk this week about kind of how we help each other through these type of situations, because it's easy to pick one thing that, um, most don't know is I quit smoking five weeks before the farm show and, uh, 
the one of the main guys crawled in my shorts and just like beat me to death mentally. And uh, I told Susan, I said, I'm going to start smoking again. And, it, you know, the, the first reaction would be absolutely not. You've done this far. You can make it. You can blah, blah, blah. And that's not what she said. She said, you do what you got to do. Um, because she also knows I'm going to quit again. So it's not a, I, I just didn't know how to deal with it. Um, and that's, that's one thing God's showing me of, uh, without him, I am still weak. I, I'm still a broken vessel that cannot handle the pressure. And, and so just kind of want to kind of bat back and forth between me and Susan, different times of how we support our spouse without, um, really even agreeing, disagreeing. I mean, it's not about that or fixing it. Well, and I think too, there's so many thoughts going through my head right now. You know, for me, I look back over the last few weeks and they were really hectic and they were, there was a lot of pressure and there was a lot of ugly comments and things that just tried to beat us down. But, um, for me, it was, um, I just think, you know, we came through on the other side. And um, as I knew we would, you know, God is faithful in the fact that, yes, we're going to go through trials and difficulties, but one, how are you going to respond in that trial and difficulty? And two, when he brings you to the other side, you can look back and see his hand through it. I feel like there was you know, a choice when he said, I'm going to start smoking again. Well, first of all, that's his choice. I'm, I I could have either beat him and told him how wrong it was or how he, you know, needed to be relying on God and not cigarette. I mean, there's so many different avenues that I could have taken. None of them would have been beneficial. Oh, absolutely. They devastated me. Well, and the thing is, I can't change your, I couldn't have changed his mind. And, and I know he'll quit when he's ready. And the thing is, I used to be a smoker. And it's the most difficult thing to do is to quit and to stay, to stay quit, you know. Um, and so I think that's, that's a really good thing to point out is you have a choice on how you're going to react to your spouse's decision or situation or whatever. He didn't need beat anymore than he already was being beat. Or beating myself up. Yeah, or beating himself up, because he has a tendency to do that really well also. And so I think being supportive and letting him make those decisions and letting him do him is, for me, was the right choice, because there wasn't anything that I could have done anyway. And it, it, if I would have chose differently, it would have put it, continued to put a divide between us and we didn't need that we're at a point now with the everything that's going on with the business and working on getting the house still you know we need to be on the same page we need to be working together and not against each other and that's choices you know that's things that you can either um, decide to stand with one another or to to stand against just by the words that we speak to one another. And so I would just encourage you to, you know, be an encouragement instead of a um, terror, terror down. 
Um, you know, one of the verses that I've been working on memorizing is First Thessalonians five chapter or verse eighteen and nine or verses sixteen through eighteen. Sorry, First Thessalonians five sixteen through eighteen, and it says, "Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus." Okay, so what does that look like? We know we can't be joyful always because there's circumstances and situations that come up. But when we keep our eyes on Jesus, it's easier to be joyful always. It doesn't say be happy always. It says be joyful. Have a content heart in where God has you. Um, Pray continually. Always give things to God. Always have a a conversation with him, bring everything to him and give thanks because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks always, no matter what the circumstances is, there's always something to be thankful for. You just have to step back out of the situation, pause and think about the many blessings, whether it be the sun came out today, which in our case has not happened for a while. Um, You know, God's Everything is in bloom right now. The beauty of God's creation. If you have to dig really deep to find something to be thankful for, go ahead and dig deep because there's always something to be thankful for. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, a lot of thoughts pass through my mind as you were talking, but one I want to really focus on is we have not always been this way. For sure. This would have been a war for lack of a better word in the past where you know you really don't want to do that you know how hard and you know in the past I look back because I've done it to her as well so it's not like it's I'm saying she does it we do it and you know um, where you end up just beating your spouse down along with the world and and you create this situation to where um really it's it's one of those things that you're actually more of the problem than they are and and in my defense I always was trying to help trying to fix trying to blah 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 and only there's some things that only God can help with and it, that's a that's a struggle for guys in fixing things and some women where they, you know, you got to be in control so you don't get hurt again. On top of that, you've got to have this fix it all mentality and you don't need God. And, and that's what, uh, through one of the band members that's working on some stuff, he is seeing God move greatly, but he's also available willing to wait on God and God's putting together the perfect plan. So, I mean, you know, this is not uh, Christianity was never called to be the easy street, which some pastors preach that, but that's not true. The other thing is one of the things that was um, told to me last week is Jesus never promised you happiness. Nowhere in the Bible where you see Jesus say, I will make you happy. He says, I'll give you peace. Mm-hmm. I'll give you joy. Never happiness. And and it's not the point he doesn't want us to be happy. And that's that's not the context at all. But 
the context is if you don't find joy in me, then you're at the mercy of the world and your emotions to find happiness. And that, that really kind of struck me because I hadn't really thought that through. I tied joy with happiness together. Um, kind of like another thing I heard was um, he says, be kind, not nice. We've kind of turned Jesus into this nice police, not kind. And kind sometimes is being really truthful with somebody and I had a friend, we were talking through a situation, and he said, if I don't be honest with them, I'm being unkind. You know, I, I mean, and that can be taken out of context, so don't jump all over that. But it, it's really one of those things, what are you being? What is your spouse seeing? What, because your spouse is the one you beat. You take everything out on your spouse you go to the pole park, you talk to people, everything's wonderful, everything's great, let's laugh. You get home, and it's how horrible it is. So I think you've got to own who you are in the relationship. And are you the Debbie Downer in the bunch? Are you the one that's actually beating them more than the world by your words? Yeah, and I think, too, you know, there's... Sometimes you just need some space as far as... You know, David has always said you beat the ones you're closest to. So your spouse should be the one that you're closest to. But with that being said, you know, with all of the stuff that's been going on in the busyness of life, I felt like him and I have kind of been, we're in the same book, but not necessarily in on the same page. We're maybe even in the same chapter, but not necessarily. There's been a... He does his, goes and does his thing. I go and do my thing. And there's not been a real connection. That's going to happen if you guys have any kind of life at all. You're raising children. You have jobs. Um, it's easy to kind of pull away from one another because of the busyness of life. Um, and I hadn't shared with David yet that I just kind of felt like we were apart. You know, they're... I just felt like we weren't communicating a whole lot and there wasn't a whole lot. Not that there was any issues or that I felt any way other than just some distance, you know? And so I think it's important to just keep in mind that that conversation needs to be had, you know, of we've gotten so caught up in, in what's been going on. And we kept saying, if we can get through the farm show, then we'll be good. If we can get through the farm show, then we'll be good. Well, we've gotten through the farm show and we are good. Um, but now we need to kind of have a conversation about what's our next, you know, we know that getting everything together to get the loan for the house is kind of our next thing. But what does that look like? I feel like I'm kind of walking the path on my own. He's kind of walking the path on his own, but we need to come together and have that conversation of what does that look like? And then what do we do from there? You know, um, like I said, we don't have a whole lot as far as on the calendar goes. Um, we have no more children playing ball. We have no more children. You know, our evenings are fairly freed up with the exception of some men's and women's groups. But um, just kind of, if I feel like if I'm out there kind of dangling with no real direction, I just kind of feel lost. And so just having that conversation. And, you know, one other thing that just came to mind is, 
communication is so important in the sense that we had a situation yesterday that our daughter's having some concerns about um, our granddaughter's daycare and it's significant concerns. I didn't know the best way to counsel her because I didn't experience when our kids went to daycare. I didn't experience some of the same issues. And so, and David wasn't at the office, but my first thought was I need to run it past him um, because he always brings a different perspective into the situation. And um, he just always makes things, you look at things differently, or maybe you hadn't thought, and, and he did. He brought up something that we really hadn't thought of that maybe was what was going, part of what was going on. So just the, just the conversation, having conversations with your spouse in the midst of chaos. And I know that we're going, that everybody's going into a really busy time of year with vacations, schools out. You may have a plan to what to do with your kids. You may not. Um, there's ball, a lot of sports things going on. And so just don't lose sight of spending time with your spouse because something else we've learned, and I feel like maybe I'm going down some rabbit trails, but just follow me, is we're in a place now where our two girls are out of the house. Eli's our only one left. Come February or March, he's going to be out of the house. The only thing that we're going to have left is, is each other, and we have a new puppy, which is a whole nother <laughs> podcast. But, um, and we really like each other, but it's not because we just like each other. We're both, I feel like God has allowed both of us to mold and shape um, us to where we, we like spending time together. We like doing things together. And so find that, find that even Graham, because your kids are not going to be there forever. And so you have to learn to like each other while they're growing up so that when they are gone, you still like each other. Well, and I think the last really month uh, probably is the best definition. We've been surviving. Mm -hmm. we, we, we haven't been thriving together. We've been both trying to, whether it be cookies for the graduation, get in the tent, get, I mean, it has been just almost survival mode. And I agree with her. I agree we're distant, but we're still together. I mean, it's kind of an odd feeling because we're not normally in this spot. Um, but it, it's really one of those things to where um, she's right. In fact, I'd planned on taking off the weekend after a farm show and getting away. Well, that didn't work out. That kind of all fell apart. And so, um, you know, it, it just is what it is. And, and we will get caught back up. But... You know, first of all, thank you for saying what you've said because I don't take appreciation very well at all. And I don't say thank you and I usually don't mean it. And I truly mean it that when you start talking about, you know, different perspective and stuff, it really means a lot. Um, and, you know, that's the thing is with guys, marriage ain't easy. Um, and I used to tell the kids and <laughs> thinking about it, my oldest, um, or our oldest, and you know, she's more like me. So I call it my oldest cause it, she's just like me. Um, she would try to pin me against Susan in an argument where she knew I agreed with her 
and try to pick the win. And finally, I drug her out in the garage when Susan won the round. And I said, let's make one thing clear here. I just want to tell you where I'm at. When you try to pin me against your mother, you're going to be leaving. She's not. So I'm siding with her. You automatically lose. Doesn't matter if I agree or disagree because that's the thing that we were horrible at in the beginning was being united with the kids. You know, um, and the kids knew it. And kids are kids. They're going to play it for their best advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she would, the kids would pin me against her. I wanted, thought we ought to do this. She felt like we ought to do this. And the thing is, the kids don't want to see us divorced. They just want to get their way. And I think sometimes, you know, with, with children looking back, I mean, we got 26, 23, and 17, almost 18. Um, when you start looking at, they're wanting a win. They're not wanting us divorced. But what they do sometimes helps aggravate the relationship. So Susan's exactly right. Mm-hmm. You need to stay focused at the end of the day. Sometimes you have to go back to the beginning. Why did you get married? Why? Was it because you didn't like her and you felt like, hey, she'd put out good kids? Was that it? Or was there more to it? And that's some of, in our counseling, we had to, what helped me was reflecting back of why we got married. Playing some of the old songs that we danced to when we were dating. You know, I mean, that portion right there is the piece that for me, you have to do sometimes when you're married because sometimes you do get in survival mode like we've been in. And thank goodness we don't have a bunch of three-year-olds. We have a do, we do have a dog that currently we dislike about half of what he does. <laughs> um, but... You know, I I think it's very valid on surviving a bad week. It does take communication and the conversation at some point in time. And and you both know it's there and coming, and it's no one's fault. It's called life, and life's tough. Well, and this is no, um, you know, great thing that I'm getting ready to say. We all know this, that marriage takes work. You have to work at it. If you are expecting everything just to be rainbows and roses (laughs) um, during your entire marriage, you're going to be highly disappointed. You have to work at it. You have to make the effort to try to make it work. And like David says, you know, why, why did you get married in the first place? Guys, there is a lot of things that are going to make you forget why you got married question why did i marry this person um but the bottom line is um you were in love you had a great connection hope you know hopefully all the things that the reason you get married uh you can't live without this person whatever the case may be don't forget that stuff because again um when all is said and done you will be stuck with pray prayerfully you will be stuck with this person for the rest of your life till one of god calls one of you home and the ideal is to not be miserable in 
in that relationship. I remember there were years that we went through of I was just miserable, um, not necessarily just because of the marriage, but because of all the things that were going on. We were raising a family. We were trying to build a business, our marriage, the whole everything that everybody else experiences. And I was miserable. But the beauty of it is if you stick with it, just like we talked about earlier, at the end of the day, when this particular season that you may be going through is over, you can look back and see how God had his hand in all of it. And then you get to a point prayerfully where you really do like each other and you do have the same interest and you do continue to want to be together. I can honestly say I'm probably more in love with David now than I have been over the last, I don't know, long time. 20 years. But it's because we made it through the season. We stuck it out. By the grace of God, we made it through the season of raising our children. And praise God, they have turned out to be really great human beings. And they're successful and they're trying to figure out life on their own. They're not, you know, in their 20s living in our basement and not having a job and nobody's on drugs and nobody's in jail. And it's by the grace of God. And so now we get to think of these ways we can go have fun or we can talk about the house that we're getting and what we're going to do to it. And like, it's just, but again, it's just a season. There will be a season. I have no doubt that we will go through that is difficult. We've got aging parents. We've got grandchildren that are being brought up in this crazy world. There's things that are going to continue to try to separate us and get in our face and, um, you know, Satan is great. At, he's the deceptor of lies. And he's great at trying to put us, um, you know, at a, against each other. But for this season, we're in a really good spot because we've done kind of what we were supposed to do. And you will, too. You just have to hang in there and stick it out. Well, and I, I think that you, you really have two choices. Stay married or get divorced. And what I mean by that is, you know the couple that all their kids are gone or as soon as their kids leave, they get divorced or mm -hmm. they've been married for 30 years and they get divorced. That's lack of communication. That's, that's needs not being met. And it's, it's needs as in the, the conversation, the love, the security, the, you know, affirmation, words of affirmation. You, there's a whole list of them and, and we may go down that road another day. But the other thing is though, um, you know, I, I think of the relationship with Christ. What does that look like? So when you start talking about relationship with Christ, it's kind of like when we started dating. Did I want to talk to her once a week on Sunday morning between 9 and 10? No. If we were breathing and I was awake, I wanted to talk to her. Well, that's the way your relationship with Christ mm -hmm. is because... You don't grow a relationship by just accidentally making it happen. You grow a relationship by investing time. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of Christians go sideline is they get just enough of Jesus to stop. Mm -hmm. And it's not about the relationship growing. It's about them getting just enough. And so 
if you're just starting out or have been in a relationship with Christ or don't know anything about it, it doesn't really matter where you're at. You have to start somewhere and you have to invest time daily, whether it be listening to podcasts, listening to the Bible, you have to build that relationship with Christ. It is not an automatic. It is in it's a marriage. Christ is going to come back in the church who are the people are the one being the bride. So, I mean, really when, you know, as we start wrapping this up and looking at this direction, if your marriage is unsuccessful, my first question would be, is your marriage with Christ successful? Because there's not marriage problems. Christ did not, God did not make an inferior product called marriage that needs tweaked and fixed. What he made was a perfect plan, but we're not smart enough or we're too prideful or we're dot, dot, dot to be willing and available, build a relationship as a marriage should be built. So, you know, it really, when you start comparing your marriage with your relationship with Christ, I mean, for me, it's a direct direct relationship of if one's in the toilet guess what the other one's probably in the toilet yeah and the only the last thing i would say probably is every relationship is not just one-sided so your relationship with christ is you communicating to him but also allowing him to communicate to you through his word through other people through podcasts and you being available to listen whenever he is speaking. It's not a one-sided relationship. And although he do, we don't hear him audibly, there's ways that he uses to speak to us. So just be aware that just as in your marriage relationship or any relationship, it should not always be one-sided. Communication is between two people. So you with your relationship with Christ, let him speak as well. Well, guys, we love you. Whoops. There's a phone call. Um, Hey, we love you. We'd appreciate if you'd share it with your friends. You know, bottom line is we're here to be a vessel for God. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening and really have a great week. Yep. Have a good one.